I feel myself actually change. Like I'm, I'm kind of like a click whore now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I don't know what it is. Like I'm always, I've always made fun of people who care, but like now I'm just like. <laughs> when I see that little notification bar, like on Facebook, go off, I'm like, yeah, I wonder what's going on. Right. I wonder what's happening. And then I go to the stats all the time, and I'm like, oh, wow, look at that one, Snowball. <laughs> all right, so should we get started? Yeah. Escape from plan A. We have got to understand them. The Japanese are not easy to know. I've lived among them for 10 years. And I can testify that they are as different from ourselves as any people on this planet. The real difference is in their minds. All right, let's do a first and actually introduce ourselves. I'm Oxford. Yeah, oh, it's Teen. I'm Jessica. And today we are going to mainly talk about one of the recent articles we put out. Written, that you put out. Uh, yeah. Written by me. Give credit where it's due. Yeah. And it was about the alt-right, and just to give a very quick summary, it's about this kind of hypothetical imagining of, of what would happen if, if Asian-American guys started falling to the alt-right. And my ultimate conclusion was that right now we face a false choice in which we have, it, it's like, it's called Asian-American liberalism, but then I say its main focus is on assimilation. And what happens is if you don't adhere to that main alternative right now is something like alt-righty maybe like pickup artist or all that crap so the article is trying to say let's try to forge a new path yeah let's let's take i mean one to the left right oh exactly yeah one to the left yeah one to the left and i think one you know when when your article came out i think one thing that i would add to it but that i don't think changes the conclusion is what you'll what i think is actually happening because i think yeah you don't i don't think there's tons of like young Asian guys going to the alt-right, even though I think there are some pretty, like, prominent examples of it. Well, as I said in the article, like, 76% of Asian-American men voted for Hillary Clinton. Not that that automatically makes you some kind of blazing leftist, but it, it's a... It's, it's a, a sign. Good pla- it's a good place to start. It's a sign. Yeah. But I think what you'll notice is that there is there is this other identity that's happening online, and I and I actually think that it's, it's more prevalent, but I don't think it changes the conclusion, which is a sort of, like... Asian nationalist identity, where they're not exactly like pro alt right, but they become they sort of like take on this really like almost comical hardline stance of being like say pro Chinese. Yep. And do you know what I mean? Yeah, Jess? they they borrow the lingo quite uh, quite honestly. They are borrowing that lingo and that whole uh, nationalist rhetoric, but applied to a very specific context. So, yeah. you know, this is the incredibly hardline pro-China. Any critique of Asia or Asians is an attack on Asia, Asian Americans. Uh, identity as Asian Americans has to align more with uh, our Asian identities more than an American identity. Yeah, this and it's, and it's policing at the very edges, too, making sure, you know, very concerned about concepts like purity, however you want to define that, and making sh- and viewing it all through the lens of being Asian. But and I also wonder if... Uh, if they're being forced to do that because they're just no alternative. I think so. I, the way I saw your article, and I thought a lot of the critique uh, that people threw at it, like, oh, this is not, it's not a thing. There aren't hordes of Asian people flooding to the arms of the alt-right. And they're correct. But we what we are exploring through talking about stuff like this isn't necessarily what has, it's not describing what has already happened, but kind of taking a peek now into what could be if we don't have this important conversation about political identity right now. Because a lot of people are asking the question, the left is clearly not for me, the right is abhorrent and miserable, what's the alternative? So there are a lot of people who are who are still making that, who are making that personal uh, call within themselves, doing a little soul searching. And it's honestly, it's attractive to try to find meaning or identity in one of these other, alter, quote, alternative political identities that are currently out there. And as an Asian, I can I can see the appeal to some of the uh, the promises of the alt-right, not the what they're actually going to be able to provide, in my opinion, but what they're promising is, is very appealing. That is if people actually write the article. You guys saw the comments, right? Yeah, that was unfortunate. That was really unfortunate. <sighs> There's no way to prevent that, though. I mean, most yeah. of the comments I thought were really... I mean, I think most Asian guys understood it quite well. Well, I looked at, like, for example, the LA comments. Yeah. There's so many 
like these people who have PhDs in History Channel, they're like, did you know that the Japanese ally with the Nazis? Like, okay, whatever. That doesn't really... Right, right, right. That, I mean, that's just basic. <laughs> There's so many comments. Th- that's like just that. basic. Like, how could an Asian side with white supremacy? And it's like, that's the point of the article was to, right? The whole point of the article was to show that there is a sort... I think what you said was there was a certain emotional logic, which I agree with. There's a certain emotional logic to the alt-right. And I think it's too... E- like, I don't... I don't really like it when, like, there's this sort of uh, mocking dismissal um, in, like, liberal white spheres about the alt-right. Because I'm like, especially when they just mock them, like, ah, oh, you're just, like, lonely, loser, pathetic kids at home. And, you know, you can't get laid. You're living at, you know, whatever. You can't get a job. Yeah, sometimes they make it so easy, though. Like, like Andrew Angler's Chad nationalism. Yeah. <laughs> well, it yeah. exposes the hypocrisy of the left, honestly. Because, it does, because mocking, degrading, dehumanizing, you know, dismissing concerns like that is exactly how you you actually do get radicalized people who are who feel disenfranchised and fall into the wrong uh, fall into the wrong arms. Well, the thing is, some people I think do d- deserve to be dismissed, and the whole point of trying to sort them out is well, okay, let's let's gather the actually fair-minded people who are being forced into these extremes so that we can see. Uh, who deserve to kind of be ridiculed. Because there are some ridiculous people out there. There are. Yeah. I ab- absolutely agree. But it's also la- like not being able to see the nuance in that too. Like treating everybody who has these leanings uh, as one and the same. Painting them with the ex- with a really extreme brush. And not being able to distinguish between who's actually legitimately crazy and who might actually have grievances that should be addressed. And should be discussed fairly and rationally and with respect. I, I personally, I'll tell you the truth, I personally don't mind a harder attack on the alt-right. I think there needs to be an understanding of the emotional logic, but I don't think what there needs to be is a coddling or, like, in trying to embrace them and win them over and stuff. I do. I think there's a, there, there is a strategy on this, like, quote, muscular left, like the Bill Maher kind of left, where they're like, yeah, we're done being, like, polite liberals, we're going to be... Well, shame goes only so far. So I feel like in... In a sense, going too hard in one direction would backfire. Do you, I mean, do you, what, what do you think is going on? I think what's going on is we're in an era where there's been liberal. I mean, and by liberal, I mean you know I would include George Bush in that. George Bush Jr. You know, like I, I just think like we're we're going through this. I don't even want to call it liberal. I want to call it sort of like mains. It, it involves like compassionate conservatism and constantly gets called liberalism as if it's left, but it's really quite right down the middle mainstream centrist. I think a lot of the problem is this idea that the mainstream was as far left as you can go. And anyone that had sort of like a dissatisfaction with the center automatically feels they can only push off in one direction and head off to the right. And I think when we talk about like Asian political identity and you look at this Asian nationalism stuff, it's kind of laughable. You've seen some of the subs, right? Just oh, God. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know which one I'm thinking of right now. I know which one you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, look, again, there is an emotional logic to it. So I don't want to just like crap on it. But it's also in its own way, like a parody and a total misinterpretation of, quote, Asian identity. So to me, it's not really about real, true Asian solidarity, identity, going back to, you know, Confucianism and all this stuff. Fundamentally speaking, it's form of anti-liberalism. It's a form of rejecting the mainstream. And more, you see this happening over and over in different spheres, not just Asian, everywhere. People falling out of the mainstream. It's an identity based on fear, honestly. And that's not a strong identity. So it's laughable to me to be trying to... To be to be the self-proclaimed bastion of Asian identity in America. When what do you the, mean by fear? I mean, if you look at uh, we'll we'll talk about Asian nationalism the way it gets played out on on uh, on Reddit for a second. I mean, they parrot the lingo of the far right. Honestly, I mean, we're talking about like actual like actual uh, people lobbying for Asians to uproot their lives in across the country and forms enclaves that are by and for Asian people don't allow anyone else in form these really thick walls uh, and the only thing that can that would prompt a person to do that is fear speaking of reddit there someone posted this to our Asian identity I was quite surprised at the reception there because it was 
it seemed like most of the people there got it. Yeah. Which stereotypically you would think people would push back on it because I explicitly said in the article we have to support things like feminism. We naturally yeah. side with the left because we're like natural anti-imperialists. You also had a picture of like Asian dudes with swastikas. Yeah, and just with the headline, it was not. A f- it really didn't look like a friendly, headline, but like a male friend, Asian male friendly. Yeah, article. and yeah. so that that surprised me. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? No, I, I agree. I, w- I was totally surprised. Uh, I mean, not surprised. I was not surprised that they would get it, but that they read it and digested it. Because I think one of the problems that we've seen over the past month, like since we got planning out, is like most people don't really read it before they respond. I think yeah. there's stuff that says that happens, right? That people tend to comment just based on the headline. No, the that's picture. that's a fact. There are studies that show it. It, it. They use it as an ex- excuse to kind of grandstand on their pre-existing beliefs. Right. It's kind of the fault of clickbaity type ad because, like, there's an, you kind of have to make it clickbaity, right? There's you can't you can't just go with like an a completely descriptive an undergraduate title. Thesis yeah, you, title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got a monkey. You got to put an Asian dude with a swastika on there with suspenders and shit and like a beard. Uh, to get people to click, but then that also leads them to... Just, I thought Asian ID, those guys really did read it, and there wasn't this sort of... I was expecting, like, oh, another guy going around calling Asian men... Wussy. Wussies. Cuck. <laughs> cuck, and, you know, alt-right or whatever. No, they got it. I think that does support the fact that if you strip down everything, what is the thing that's really at issue here? And our theory is it's this... It's about like this right to assimilate without any scrutiny, which I think is at the heart of this. So if you strip away all the kind of like policy oriented things, like whether like reproductive rights or taxes or any of the like typical, more like white, so-called neutral political stances. You're talking about Asians, that, right? You're talking about the yeah. Asian backlash to your article. Asian guys. Okay. Right? Or, or like, or like the, the, like if you just took like Asian right, what is at issue here some people like to pretend it mirrors something like what you might see between democrats and republicans i was about these policies about gay rights or health care it's not really about that you, you get to the heart of it it's really about this right to assimilate without question I think. yeah and there's a gendered bias to this which i think is also what's really at heart and it's probably the thing that i think having been on like asian reddit for about a year now just you know this space better than me but like i there's absolutely a a gender driven divide that is full of like frustration on both sides i'm not even sure it's really anger i think it's just pure total frustration because there's just there's something there's something that just can't be unpacked and i think when i was looking at the reaction to your article there were most women had a pretty positive reaction to it concern i think there was some that were saying yeah they've seen it themselves and they're concerned about this yeah we had a therapist who who got us who got it right but then there was a certain reaction where i was like oh yeah clearly they didn't even read the article (laughs) no i think they did read it okay based on their comment they did read it but Mm -hmm. they were they went in knowing they would hate it there was an immediate sort of like okay first of all let's like just break down what the article really at the end of the day was saying right i mean you're 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 basically addressing it to asian guys uh, or asians in general but focusing the topic on asian guys saying there is a danger here that they could go into sort of like we could fall into reactionary politics of some sort yeah like if, you're, if you're an asian guy and you go to the ultra you're a fucking moron right period and i think and i think there's other i mean we can that, I could, we can expand on that topic even but there's other forms of reactionary politics i don't think asian nationalism itself is a is a is a healthy thing. We can go into that later, but like the the immediate react to to then go in as an Asian female blogger, liberal activist, and to say like this article is disgusting, crypto misogynist, crypto misogynistic. <laughs> you know, you need to talk to black people. Like what? <laughs> like what? Yeah, what is, hey, I got, what is this I got some. I got some positive. See, I think that's where the hypocrisy comes in, because it's, I found it hilarious. So much of the negative feedback, they couch it in these very liberal, friendly terms. Like, oh, Asian guys totally should have a space to talk about these issues, just not here. And that's, (laughs) like, everywhere. So exactly where are they supposed to go to talk about this? You want to carve out this liberal, friendly notion that there should be this space that where they should be able to talk about this stuff but here it's totally hate speech and should be stomped out without question yeah because at the end my article it's it's saying we agree almost with like 90 to 95 percent of of the progressive agenda 
The only thing we have this problem with is this unquestioned path to assimilation. And that's what completely sets them off. Yeah. So I think that's that lends support to our idea that this is what it's really all about. Uh, everything else, like you said, Jess, it's kind of like window dressing. Because um, like with Asians, we, we don't have any real investment in, in certain things. Like uh, Unless you're some like crazy Christian, like, do we really have some attachment to the pro-life movement i don't know i think we're pretty flexible on that i think it, it's, overall i don't think it's a big issue yeah and as i said like the majority vast majority of asian americans voted for the democrats in the last presidential election and, and the last few as well so we don't really have some kind of inherent tribal allegiance to to that stuff like some say white rural voters might have so our issue really at the heart of it the thing that's like our thing that really animates us is is i think assimilationism do you want to? I, I think. It, can you explain what yeah. you what you mean by assimilation oh, sure, sure. and assimilationism? Yeah, I think I, I don't want to get too specific on like say certain policy. I think the best way I can describe it is if there's a certain issue that the Asian American community really wants to talk about, but it's potentially embarrassing to your non-Asian like friends or colleagues, or controversial. I mean, that's or just controversial. Yeah. Instinctively, who who are you siding with? Are you saying to Asian Americans, okay? I hear your grievances, so let's talk about it. Or are you saying, shut it down? I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to lose standing with my. I don't want to piss off white people. Or, or you know, it could be other minorities if you're in yeah. like some coalition group. I think ultimately that that's kind of like the most broad definition of it. I agree. I think what I think what happens is that there seem to be a set number of people who have sort of like found this like the bottleneck between. Asian Asians who want to like speak out in any way, I, like I don't like get away from the word activism, but just like just to talk, even right, express. They've found the bottleneck as to like how Asian people will get hurt. There is like there's this tiny little bottleneck through which voices can come out, and they've it's been monopolized. the The thing is, I think the way they monopolize it in a way is, and it's like a set number and. You know, I don't know how influential they are. I just don't know. But like they're on, you know, a lot of them are online. A lot of them are publishing. They monopolize progressive language, but they're the substance of what they say is to me just like completely fucking racist. And the racism is mostly directed against other Asians. Like I see some of these blogs, like I'll see these comments and I'll be like, okay, what, 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 what's this person about? So I'll click on them and then it leads to their, to like a blog or something. And Everything in there is is just honestly, it's just like posts about how Asian men are fucking. It's not a matter of me trying to exaggerate what they're saying. It's a matter of me wondering whether I can actually say what they say verbatim because it's so fucked up that I don't actually like saying it. But they'll say stuff like, "Oh, this is just an you know a, again," and I think they were referencing you saying like, "Oh, see the, the, again, it, it's an example of a guy pissed off because he can't get laid," and I'm like, "What?" What? Like, where does that even come from? Like, it's so, it's so crazy. And you, you see all this stuff and I'm just like, this is, this person is a racist. There's, no, you know what I mean? Like, this is a racist person. Is, is all I'm actually in very good company because, I mean, like, like John Cho and Jeremy Lin kind of got the same treatment. And <laughs> yeah. I'm way more athletic than Jeremy Lin and <laughs> way sexier than John Cho. So obviously they're going to come after me. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're literally, and it's also, it, it, I think it was based off of one point that you made, what, if they read it, assuming, which I thought was a good point, which is that one of the, one of the obstacles for Asian guys to develop, like, or, or to even go down the path of thinking about political identity is that a lot of, like, the, what they notice in terms of unfair treatment or disparate treatment does, like you said, it comes later in life uh, uh, when you start dating. Right. And so if it's not exactly something that people love to talk about, like, oh, I can't get dates. Right. Like that. That's not something. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody <laughs> wants to talk about that. That sucks. And so I think you mentioned that as one of the obstacles of people developing political identity is that a lot of Asian men, they their first encounter with it is like maybe in high school, college around that time when you start noticing like people treat you a little differently and you're trying to figure out why, and then you realize it, it probably has to do with your race. And she latched onto that to be like evidence that this guy is just a misogynistic, I mean, trying to put you into that sort of like TRP alt-right mold of someone who's out to like get revenge on women. And I'm like, it didn't even have to do anything with women. The whole thing was addressed to men, which is bizarre. It was, it was just really bizarre. I didn't understand that reaction at all. 
I guess I guess my thoughts on it are that I think a lot of these quote Asian activists, a lot of them who love life of an Asian guy, he you know he's I've seen a couple of his discussions go off the rails where he just evolves into like attacking Asian certain Asian women, East Asian women, stuff like that, which I don't really I don't really love the wording of that, but uh, especially as an East Asian, but like I'm I'm starting to see what's happening and. What's interesting is Eli also goes really hard at East Asians in general. In general. But like there are certain, I've seen Facebook groups out there and it's, it's the sole reason they exist is to be like anti-Eli. But these are not from like the East Asian guys whom he regularly shits on. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, you know, cry your soy sauce. <laughs> remember right. That. right, right. Like, he, he just completely clowns on them. But it doesn't seem like East Asian guys are that mad. The people who are most mad at him are the kind of the... Like the female yeah. liberal activists, yeah, yeah, they genuinely despise him. They genuinely, really, they they, they really hate him. And I don't. But know. he he like a lot of his is just like standard issue progressive social justice things like support BLM and and all that stuff. But it they get so mad. At my him. theory, my theory is that the reason they don't necessarily hate him because he there's nothing that he says that's actually like they accuse him. They level this misogyny thing at him, which I just don't get because actually I think most of his fan base or followers are black women. Yep. So I don't understand the accusations of misogyny off the bat. I mean, okay, if they want to go into some deeper analysis of some points that he's raised, but I have not seen it. It's a a reflexive thing. It is reflexive. We kind of saw that. uh, I draw parallels in my article to the, the battle going on like I think this is, I think Elag and thinking about him and his, his reception with East Asian feminists, it's kind of victim Olympics 101. Uh, I mean, you really want to piss off a feminist, accuse her of having any privilege at all. Which is which is weird, because when I first started reading about this, I'm, I'm thinking, like, uh, isn't privilege a good thing? Are we all trying, to, in a sense, to get more of it? So why is the accusation that you have it so freaking <laughs> insulting? <laughs> yeah. Um. So here you are, as an East Asian, getting accused of privilege by this, uh, by the Southeast Asian. And nothing, nothing's going to piss them off more than that particular accusation. For them to have any standing at all, they need to be king victim in there. You can't be a runner-up. You have to be the most oppressed to have any standing in this messed up, toxic little world. And here comes someone who's totally fucking up that matrix by saying, no, you actually do have standing in the world. You do have privilege. You have choices that you are actively making that could cause harm to another person. And you are not being cognizant of that privilege and misusing it. And of course, that's going to set everyone's hair on fire. I think what's doubly threatening is that he has black followers on his side, especially black women. And there is, I think there is this, this reflexive sense of, it's not repulsion at what he says or who he is or what he stands for. There's a sense of danger, I think, that if an Asian guy connects with the larger POC community, who I think a lot of these Asian feminists have had a really hard time gaining any credibility with in the first place, that that really puts their status in danger. I think the I, I think that for these this certain subset of Asian female bloggers and I, I don't know what to call them gatekeepers, the the thing that they're really trying to do is prevent Asian other Asians, particularly Asian men, uh, from having any sort of direct connection or engagement especially with black people and i noticed that in that particular i don't want like i don't think we're going to say her name right but like in her particular and i'm sure Elag is familiar with who she is but in her particular case i noticed that she would say stuff like she just she said you know you i think you should take i think you're not versed in talking with other poc and then it ended with this weird hashtag, like total random hashtag, <laughs> completely random one. What was it like? Trust black women. Trust black women. I mean, yes, you should, but what yeah. did that have to but do? But what with does that have to do with anything? To me, right at the beginning, she said, "I talked to this cishet black man." Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's credibility. Like it's latching onto authority in this in this particular quote unquote fight. Uh, black people still rule. You get you gain credibility by how closely you ally or how close you are to that community. So all of her authority and talking out her ass on this directly came from that cis het black guy she was she was she claimed to have been talking to. And that was really weird that she needed to make that explicit. Well, I have some cis het black people of my own. To so. me, like like did you need to throw that in there so everyone else would know that you are hip with the lingo or something? 
Uh, like it was, it was just baffling. And then the ending it by hashtag trust black women. What does like, that have to do with anything? That was so I, random. It's, it's virtue signaling. But like, I'm done with you. No, and Team brought up a great point. In the in her face in her Facebook, it it evolved into her and a bunch of I think white guys talking about how she talked to a black. Guy. Well, and it also it was also a bunch of white guys shitting on Asian guys. And uh, she, I think no, she, that's par for the course, right? And so. she ge- she's giving them permission. To go in it's with like with th- with these white guys making comments on her like quote progressive Asian feminist page going oh typical Asian guys coming in saying this stuff and I'm like okay step back for a sec actually I don't want to say anything to them because I don't care because they're all fucking racists but for people who observe something like that it's like okay step back and be like what is if 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 you are really taking the substance of what's happening it's a it's an Asian man writing to other Asian men warning against the temptation of the emotional logic of reactionary politics. It's a bad thing. Okay, that to me is like a form of progressive speech. And in this forum, all of a sudden, it's like it's like this lib- more liberal than you because I have cishet black male contacts who I won't name <laughs> and a hashtag trust black women. So boom, boom, boom. And then immediately it's like permission, free reign to my white followers who are all these hippy dippy freaks? I don't know who these guys are coming in with all these comments like "ha ha Asian dude so you know so butthurt or whatever." That to me, I don't even want to debate the issue of like liberal credentials. It's not. She's a racist. She's she herself. I think this is what I'm trying to say. She herself looks at something like an article by an Asian man laying lay, or another Asian for that matter laying out the emotional the 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 emotional logic of reaction in a form of self-loathing and how that ties into mainstream liberal politics and assimilationism and honestly man i think that she gets it because i think she feels it herself and i think that this need to dom you know like did you notice like a lot of them use like intersectionality like they'll just come out and just be like you forgot that this issue is a lot more complicated than this intersectionality like you hear this all the time this fucking like appeal to intersectionality and to me what that is doing is to say that the intersectional coordinates Asian male, I can go ahead and, and just say all this hateful shit about Asian men. But because it's intersectional, I'm saying it about men. I'm not saying about Asians. But actually, they're pretty fucking anti-Asian, right? The intersectionality to me is, is, a, is a way for them to be like, you have two coordinates. You know, you have your race and you have your gender. And I'm saying all this hateful shit, but you can't call me racist because I'm actually a feminist and I'm hitting you on that male coordinate, not on the Asian coordinate. Yeah, it's not just Asian guys. I mean, Jess, you're pretty unpopular on certain sectors of Reddit, right? <laughs> yep. White guy. That's who I you am. You are a white guy. Alleged I am. White man. <laughs> I am. But it's, it's so, it was, it was, yeah, it's just interesting that any amount of pushback gets you branded as a Nazi, a white guy. Uh, just any amount of questioning or prodding and immediately they turn a 180 and brand you with the harshest label they can think of. And it's kind of telling to me that white guy was the worst label they could think of on that too. And some of the things they say about Asian women are incredibly offensive. They will say, I'm not, I'm so different from other Asian women because I'm opinionated or I express myself. And it's like, what the hell are you saying? about? Yeah, that's, it's... That's so messed up. I just picture some some guy reading what an Asian woman writes about about other Asian women, and it sounds so it's it's everyone would recognize it to be sexist, but because some girl, an Asian girl, writes this about other Asian women, this is supposed to be treated as gospel truth about this. No, well, because they like, because on. they give their their permission slips to white guys that that want to say racist shit about Asian people. And it's that's just what it is, and. The biggest threat to them, I think, is, and again, I think it's a pretty small minority of like the, like it's, it's like a little cottage industry of people out there. I think most Asian women who call themselves activists are pretty committed to the idea and are progressive and are focused on real issues and don't, and like, don't waste every opportunity to blog about what's wrong with Asian men, right? Yeah, one of the, one of the, our critics had an experiment where she went on where, where com. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is you know obviously a totally normal thing to do. I I experiment going on Grinder. <laughs> it's been going on three three years. Still, 
inconclusive. <laughs> inconclusive. I fuck like 20 guys, but I think I need more data. <laughs> she, it's a Take white all the time you need, buddy. Site. Take all the time you need. <laughs> she goes on a white supremacist dating site for the lulls. But it, it was it, no. She treated it like a like a genuine sociological question, which is like, yeah. why do you go in there? What, what, you could go to Shadi, which is the South Asian yeah. thing, or, or like J Date, or yeah. I'm sure there's like an equivalent for Black. You have to go to where white people meet, or just go, go pick a white guy on a thing. But that that to me is it. Like if you're okay, if you're sitting there spending, it, you're calling yourself like a feminist, but then every single like follower of yours is like some like weird old white guy that wants to say bad shit about Asians, and then. Your uh, phone has a white supremacist dating app that you're using, and and like any type of like progressive Asian voice, particularly Asian male voice, you're gonna go shit on, like Elag or your thing. Like you, that's that's when you're like, wait, are you're a closeted racist? Like time to face the music, all right? You're a fucking racist. Like here's, all the signs are of, there. Yeah, it's not ironic. Yeah. Here's kind of what I'm I'm kind of wondering about. Maybe we'll just talk it through here. I'm kind of wondering if there's also a disconnect in tribal affiliation. So when I asked you about what you meant by assimilation, that's actually where my head was at. Because in reading through uh, that extreme disconnect in the reaction from from uh, Asian women to your article, it kind of made me think, like, especially that girl who just invited everyone, especially white guys, to come to come take a shit all over your piece on Facebook. It kind of made me wonder, like, if there's a question of tribal identity going on here, too. Like for her, uh, her tribal identity would be, you know, feminist, uh, social justice warrior, maybe a, a whole host of liberal, co- liberal friendly buzzwords. But it seems like race would be dead last to that. Whereas here in we're talking through the lens of race first. And this is this is a tribal marker that's been deprioritized for her. And it's inconvenient to keep bringing that up. So she pushes that down. Otherwise, why would she open the doors for so many other kinds of people to to critique your piece? If it's not for the fact that she feels somehow more allied with them than with, say, you and your and the opinions you're talking about. So when you're talking about assimilation, it's to me, it's feeling who you belong with more, right? For her, she might say she she's assimilated. She feels more kinship with that group across these across the axes of whatever particular liberal issue uh, we're talking about here. But race is dead last on that list. So based on that, she feels she has the right to take a take a dump on you because a she doesn't feel that tribal affiliation with you as an Asian, and b you also committed the sin of being a guy, and that's just not okay. That's just not okay, man. I don't know what you're thinking doing doing that. Uh, yeah, I think you got right at the heart of the issue. It's actually one of our writers, editors, Christina. She wrote one of this in in her articles for for the Crimson, in which there's this. Yeah, it's like what do you identify with more, your gender or your race? And especially with Asian Americans, if you I, I think if you're a woman and you identify more with your gender and the kind of feminism you follow hasn't quite successfully decoupled itself from white feminism, you tend to deprioritize race. Whereas Asian guys, let's admit it, we've got male privilege, so we don't think about gender as much. Race is much more at the forefront of our experience. Mm. And that's that's where the conflict comes from, because we identify more with race, and then some Asian women might identify more with gender, but it's not a racialized gender quite yet, or at least not in the sense that we both agree upon. But that's the danger now, I think, right? Is what So, so to the extent that mainstream liberalism encourages Asian women or certain Asian women to sort of suppress racial identity and just think of themselves as women in a patriarchal society and then whatever. I think the danger now, and I, I find that to be a problematic kind of, but like any any type of pressure to like suppress the side of your identity is, is to me, uh, it's just weird that you would demand that out of someone. For me, it was kind of abstract, but now I'm starting to understand just how pernicious that is because I think the same kind of thing could start happening after I read your article, I was like, yes, that's that the same kind of thing can start happening in reactionary politics, where I think Asian men could bring their frustrations and sort of deracialize them and say, no, this is part of because you see it everywhere. It's not just limited to Asian men, white men, any you know, it's international, right? Like we it, it happens everywhere. To to say, you know, in reactionary politics, actually men across the globe have the same set of issues. And that, I think, is, is the same kind of way into reactionary politics that Asian men are going to be afforded, including these Asian nationalist types. 
where they have a sort of like, hey, you know, with white nationalists, like, even though, you know, okay, as an example, I, I, I saw this really interesting thing. You know Anders Breivik, the, Nor- the, killer, the, the killer, killer in Norway who killed like whatever? Yeah. Um, Anti-Semite, right? He's, uh, a lot of people actually in Europe like him, like these sort of hard white nationalists in Europe. They're completely anti-Semitic. But they're co- totally pro-Zionist. And a lot of like hard-right Zionists, like hard-right pro-Israeli Jews, which are a minority in the Jewish community, but there are, they exist, align themselves with them. So do that, they just want Jews to have their own state, yes. just not with them? Yes, okay. exactly. And, and, and that's an Asian exactly nationalist. Yeah. Isn't Asian nationalism, to me, is really no different than a Zionist type of yeah, that's, hard-right that's Zionist thinking. Thing, yeah. And so that's the danger. I think that, that could be a real thing. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you, if you overly... If you stop thinking about the racial realities and you're just like, all I care about is like my manhood, that's it. And I see other men thinking and doing this, I'm, I can be a part of that. That's that's a real problem. Teen, are you talking about prioritizing self-interest over a collective? No, I'm, I'm saying that when you, there is like, this is what I'm saying. There's a lot of self-deception to this. What I'm saying is, I'm coming at this from a sort of like psychological perspective where it's like, if you're a marginalized person because of your race, and then there's this larger movement that will accept you almost because of your race, and it's paradoxically like the fact that you're not white is exactly why the white nationalists would love to have you. Like, trust me, there would be no problem. Or the slants. There, there is no lack of outreach by the white nationalists to Asian people. Uh, they, you, they would you gladly were useful idiots, yeah. Useful idiots, and also we would confirm from a non-white perspective that they're onto something. I mean, they they don't want to be wrong; they want to be right. You know, like everyone thinks that they're like they they want to be like evil. No, they they actually think they're correct. They think they're on the right side of history. And if an Asian, you know, they love Japanese. Look, the fascination with Asia. Here's my point: we're not on the fringe of this. Like you saw Steve Bannon go on sixty Minutes say that the biggest threat to America is China. I mean, how does that not sound a bit like? Gehring or Hitler saying like the biggest threat is the Jews. The Asian is the front and center. If you look at the white nationalists, they model themselves after Asian nationalist societies. We're not in the back seat here, or we're not like in the margins here. Like Asian, the question of white versus Asian is front and center. We're not pre- like, we're not prepared for it. Is basically what I'm saying. I think your article was definitely heading in that direction. I think we need we need more of that. Like. And there's, and there's such suppression from within Asian Americans, too. You always see it. that We have no real right to complain. We don't have it as bad as whoever. And uh, Jess, this goes to your point. It's, it's like, even if that's true, that doesn't mean we have to shut up about it. We can talk about our own things. Yeah. And the, the way they think of it is, is like they learned social justice by rote. So they have this kind of like oppression pyramid. And whenever something comes up, especially a difficult issue, they consult the pyramid who is... Who has like leverage over the other group? Whoever that group is gets to gets a carte blanche to act. However, and that that's why I think you see this obsession with well, who has who has more privilege? And that's what it ultimately comes down to. Which makes privilege the ultimate four letter word in that circle, which to me is so fucked up. It's not a useful way to interact with anyone, much less people you're trying to come to solutions with. I, I think there needs to be. I think like people out there that are doing their thing, you us other people that are running into this problem. There just needs to be a common understanding that, I mean, tell me if you agree or not, but like when you confront this kind of, when the biggest obstacle to you saying something about anything, reaction, you know, alt-right politics in the US or whatever, right? Nothing to do with Asia. When the biggest obstacle or the largest, like the most fucked up resistance and the personal attacks that you get are from other Asians, that tells me something, okay, we're not looking at a difference of opinion. We're looking at racist Asians, racist against themselves. I think there needs to be a more common recognition of that so that they can just be called out for what it is. That's, you know, and it's hard to do because they're draped in they're draped in intersectionality and all this stuff. But fundamentally speaking. Like, yeah, and I, I think that's why some people reacted so negatively to my article because it took back some of that language and isolated the only thing. Okay, let's isolate the one thing: this desire for assimilation. But I, but I agree. But I think that it's worse than that because it's what it's not just desire for assimilation. Because honestly, I, I don't actually have a problem with 
someone who wants to assimilate, right? Like, it's not my thing, but, like, if that's what someone wants... It's, it's like, yeah, it's like, if you want to assimilate, we cannot stop you, but they also, either they want it done without any scrutiny, or they want to be praised for it. But I think that's where, where this, what, I, what I'm seeing is actually a sort of self-deception here, where they're not fully aware of what's going on, which... Like they're that's what I'm saying. They're like closeted racists. I don't think they know that they're racists. I don't think that they know that they're racist against Asians and against Asian men. And they deny it and they there's all these there's an incredible amount of denial and these weird like invocations to liberal left leaning language and the absolute refusal to allow you to use any of it. Like that was one of the first things was just like, oh, this is this person has not like trained in in social justice uh, for as long as I have, as it, as if like social justice is some kind of it's like learning an instrument or something. All right. I only have two internships. I need four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, you're, oh, you're just not versed enough in social justice like me. So there's a constant retreating left in order to shut you up, in order to shut you up or lag up or whoever. To me, it's to the reason they're doing that is to avoid their own personal it's to me it's totally personal i think i don't think jess i don't think to answer your question i don't think it's part of a larger coherent vision of political politics or anything on their part i think it's almost purely psychological self-preservation to avoid confronting the fact that they're fucking racist and in order to do that they always have to track left of the people they're racist against Right. And so once that's why Elag is such a threat is because he's so clearly connected and in tune with his his black audience that they they can't do anything on the racial front. They can't claim to be more racially progressive than him because the last thing an Asian woman can do is challenge a black person (laughs) on race. They can't do it. Right. And so what they do is, okay, then he's a misogynist. That he's just a straight up misogynist and he's he's a Filipino, of course he's a misogynist, you know, all this shit. That that to me is is the extent to which these select few will go to preserve that, to have to keep their back against the wall, to keep their secret. That they're there's, racist I mean, against just, Asians? Yeah. Yes. Because it look, there's so nothing a denial, just, So also in a sense a denial of their own Asianness. Yeah, they they, they a hate simultaneous themselves. ownership and disavowal of they they feel it. They don't like it. I, I I think that it's it's not something that they consciously get 100%. So they do resort. I think they do look to intersectionality to try and find some rational way out of this mess. But fundamentally, I don't know what's happened in their lives or whatever, but they hate Asians. They, they, they need to avoid that realization because they don't want to hate Asians. In my article, I talk about all this stemming from childhood anxiety let's say you go to like a parent-teacher conference and your immigrant parents are are the parents in the corner they don't they can't talk to anyone can't fit in with with everyone else and i totally get that because i i i know what that feels like and i think if they were just honest with that i would totally sympathize with it because it's not it's something i think a lot of people have but to couch it in this very self-righteous language is what drives the, the, the big white. Oh, and I think and I think a lot of Asian women are blowing this up for them, right? There are Asian women who are confronting it. And the result of it is a much elevated form of writing. Like if you look at, I mean, look, I haven't read her, okay, honestly, but like I've read some of it. And I think Jenny Zhang in describing, well, I did read that one article where she was talking about yellow sort of That's a Asian, great article. Asian, it's a that's fantastic a great, article. great article. She owns up it. to it. Hmm? She owns up to it. Yeah, and that's that's... We're not going to hate her because she no. she owns up to it. Like, I know exactly what that feels like. And I totally applaud you for being honest with it. And, and it's similar to the to the Jenny Ahn article. It's a totally different person who wrote it on ExoGene. This was, I think, like 2011. I remember that one, too, uh, about why she great, won't date Asian. That was a great, great article. Yeah. And really? We're not, I, catch, can you catch me up on that real quick? I don't think I read that one. Uh, long story short, she says the reason why she only dates white guys is because she has internalized racism. And it, it's like the ultimate, it's not you, it's me article. All right. And so that, written that's, to Asian guys? No, just to, to everyone, I guess. It okay. Was, it was like Axel Jane. Uh, like, I don't think Jenny Zong, Dong is writing to Asian men. I think she's, I think she's, she, right she's writing women. to the mass, right? Yeah. Probably Asian women or like women of color. Every, every Other women of color, white women. I yeah. Because a lot of things yeah. she says is like, as a woman of color, you grow up feeling excluded. From beauty standards. She's very upfront about it. And it's very admirable. It, which, by the way, it's not actually in the scheme of things, in the scheme of like American writing 
or in the scheme of female writing, like around the, that's actually not that drastic a position to take. A lot of I think in women Asian have American written about this community. Kind of it is. It's a pretty tired yeah, right. vein to tap at this point. This is not for this Asians, is, though. Well, this is for Asian women. I'd, I'd say it actually is. It, I I almost saw it as a rite of passage to be included in these social justice scenes. You have to do that confessional before you're allowed in. But I haven't read anything like that before. Really? Where, where I've always I've always, always found it to be an impression narrative, right? It's like this is who I am, but society won't let me. Versus, no, that's what I feel on the inside, right? That's that's the it's, it's to say that. I've internalized this stuff. I believe this stuff. I feel this stuff. Like I, she, you know, she talks about how uh, Jenny Zhang goes right. She talks about how she really had these really racialized yellow fever type relationships with men who called her China doll and all this stuff, and they had Chinese characters tattooed on them, and they saw her as like their little porcelain doll, or whatever. And she liked it, and that 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 to me is what is a lot more honest in a way. Uh, or what's missing because I think the look I think this idea that I'll be I'll just be blunt I think this idea that yellow fever is a one-way fetish is wrong I think yellow fever is a legitimate or was I don't know about anymore but was at some time a pretty like celebrated form of love Miss Saigon Chinese box all this shit right it's two ways and I don't think that all those stories would have come about if it wasn't two ways and I think the Jenny Zong narratives and stuff is establishing, yes, there is a form of this that's directed back at the white man. I don't see why that's so controversial. I don't see why that's not even almost obvious, but it's almost impossible to say. Um, so, well, uh, the Jenny Zhang article, um, I didn't really get the same impression of it that you did, I think, Teen. I thought... Uh these relationships and she openly admits it that this was dysfunctional she recognized it as such that it was abusive and had elements of uh kink to it but uh ultimately she was using these relationships knowingly to kind of reclaim some some traumatized space to work through these these issues that she was having because she's writing about this all in the past tense she's it, at the time when she was writing, at least, she's talking about these relationships in the past. She's worked through those issues and has closed the book on it, that it was a valid relationship only insofar as it was so transgressive in her mind that it allowed her to do some truly fucked up things in an attempt to kind of reclaim that uh, reclaim footing psychologically to be able to mm -hmm. progress to healthier relationships. I don't think it was necessarily, I, I think the, I think this was a symptom of a dysfunctional mind and an unhealthy relationship uh, pattern. Oh, I, oh no, I don't disagree. But with the that. fact that she was yeah. Asian allowed her one more vector into a taboo, into a particular expression of a dysfunctional relationship that she was able to manipulate. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't, I agree with that. I don't think she's saying, she's arguing for these to be healthy, normal relationships. But I'm saying that the way she tackles the issue to me is someone who has actually confronted it and processed it. And then, like you said, maybe have come out some other end of it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times what I'm saying, I guess what I'm trying to say is when I see someone claim to be a very woke, very progressive, very this, but, and it, but, but spends a, all of her time attacking Asians, especially Asian men. And then number two is pretty much has only white male followers of a certain age. Right. And then three is, is, is on all white, white, like literally white supremacist dating apps. No, like, I think we got to start being able to put two and two together and saying, this is someone that has deeply, deeply, deeply internalized racism and that they don't represent East Asian women. So to speak. And I think that's where I differ with Lag is like, no, this is not like an East Asian. Like, I think sometimes he does wonder like, oh, is this symptomatic of East Asian culture? I don't think so. No, I think I this mean, is symptomatic of someone who's been. There is a know, lot of racism that East Asians should come to Jesus about against Southeast Asians. We we have all of these issues. When we talk about misogyny. When we talk about uh, racism against, you know, Southeast Asians. This is this all exists. And that does yeah. there that all does need to be processed. It can't just be 
we can't just put wrapping paper around it and call it, you know, call it figured out. We're all unified. We're all ready to stand against arm in arm against white supremacy. These are all issues that still need to be addressed and they're real. And Alag is exactly on the money for calling uh, for calling it out as he sees it. But I think where he differs from uh, my opinion is that this isn't endemic to East Asians or East Asian women in particular. These are just the most vocal, diseased minds of among East Asian women who are saying this this stuff. Yes, definitely. Racism against Southeast Asians is real. I think what clouds the issue is it's often used as kind of like a deflection tool. Whenever... Yeah, it's a totally separate topic. Right. Yeah, it's disingenuous. It's trying to discredit, like, the attempts to discredit your article because it didn't center, uh, like, LGBT issues or it didn't center women. Yeah. It's just an attempt to push you off axis to always be, to always try to point the needle towards the issue they want to be talking about or draw focus away from this inconvenient topic and shine it on somewhere else. That's a little, you know, a little bit more, uh, a little more palatable to their mind, to them and their buddies. You can't look at this type of critic. I don't even want to call him critic, but like this type of obstacle as someone that you or anyone else needs to take on. Oh, we don't have, we have to out, out left them, out liberal them, out speak them. I think what you re- what really needs to be done is just basic psychological deconstruction of where the hell this is all coming from, and it's definitely not coming from any sort of progressive place of. Th- there's no genuine care about any of this, sh- you know, any of the topics that she writes about. Like she'll write, she'll write stuff like, uh, gl- uh climate change, like in big bold letters, climate change is an is a social justice issue, right? And everyone needs to know that now. I'm like, yeah, everyone does know that. You know, that's <laughs> it's, that's it's just a, that's just bullshit. The Me-tooism, the yeah. So it's the, they just put put this filler stuff, and then in between the stuff they really want to talk about, which is sorting out their own internalized hate. But. Well, we are approaching an hour. Yeah, we are. It's a sauna in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot as shit, man. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all your fault, Jess. Somehow. I'm. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm enjoying this nice, cool breeze coming in. It's great. Jess, like you should tell us what you want to talk about. What do you think but, about the alt right? Um, and um, we need to do we need to do some more on this topic. I think. Yeah, um, there's so much to to go into. Cannot measure Japanese sense of logic by any Western yardstick. Their weapons are modern. Their thinking is two thousand years out of date.